Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to Intercepted. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Seth Galina of Pro Football Focus. Say what's up to people, Seth. What's up, people? How we doing? Man, I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm doing good, but I'm like, oh, I'm fucking tired, man. <laughs> the the early season grind, definitely. You're, the bodies aren't adjusted yet. We we aren't calloused. By by October, we'll be fine. But Yeah, I, I'm, I hope so. And, and that that is usually how it happens. But yeah, week three already feeling like week 13, you know. Yeah. This is before we turn into absolute zombies and we just go through the motions until <laughs> playoff games end up end up yeah, happening exactly. um i want to start this conversation off obviously we're going to preview new orleans saints your football team uh and the green bay packers um actually i want to talk about this first i want you on record how how good do you think the saints team is because every single time in our dms every saturday it's lsu is going to win the national title even though they lost the opener to to, to uh, florida state and then every Sunday, it's the New Orleans Saints are going to win the NFC. How, how good do you actually think these teams are? And how much is your homerism just performative? My homerism is very performative. <laughs> it's, it's, it's to get me going, right? Like if I, if I write it down, if I say it out loud, then I'll believe it. This, and, is, this and... is the same with me saying Jordan loves the best quarterback in the best conference in the NFL. Yeah, and and you've and it's been proven true already after two weeks. So yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> At least uh, look, the weird way I, passer rating works, it says so. But I, the Saints, it, it was hard for me this past off season to really get too jazzed up about the Saints, and then they started two and zero, and here we are. And guess what? They're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> um. So the Saints' schedule so far, who'd they play in week one? I didn't watch that game. They play Tennessee. One okay, Tennessee, at the Tennessee's end, a fake game. football team. Tennessee's a fake football team. I feel like we're comfortable with that. And then Carolina is certainly a fake football team, if you watch everything um, involved with that. Um, the Packers kind of had the same type of thing where, you know, week one they played the Bears, and I was like, and maybe let's pump the brakes a little bit because I don't know if that Bears team is any good based off of just everything that they were doing in that game. And then obviously they got tested against Atlanta. So this feels like New Orleans first, like actual test against a real deal NFL team. And maybe I'm a little bit lower on the Titans than everyone else, which fine. I'll take that. I, I can't believe this team can continues to win football games. Um, I don't really understand how they do it. They're like a worse version of like, what the Falcons are right now, it feels like to me. Like that's what they've been the entire time under Vrabel. Um so what are you worried have, about? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying with Tennessee, you know, like the 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 Saints game, it was the first game with Hopkins. That has the potential to be something real. Mm-hmm. Uh even at Hopkins age, I think there's still a chance that that he's a good player and you can get back to close to maybe what they were doing when AJ Brown was there. Because that offense needs just one receiver. Yeah, I mean, they right? want to like, be Wisconsin Badgers, right? They want to be the Wisconsin Badgers. They want to be the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, that's that's what they want to be. So, like, that that has a potential. And then you saw it last week. I mean, I know it's Chargers, but they scored a bunch of points against that defense, at least a NFL defense, give or take. Uh, so, give or take. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee – I don't think I like the defense is really good. The offense just like is is weird, like you said. And then Carolina, I mean, like that's just a tough scene all around. I don't know if you saw this. I saw a tweet, and it and like it doesn't even matter who it's by. Like it wasn't by anyone like with like a lot of followers or anything. But regardless, it was by like a Panthers Panthers account or something like that. Basically, like and the replies were agreeing with this person saying that the Panthers are not in a rebuild and the media should stop calling it a rebuild, which is ridiculous. Right, Cause you just, you know, but, the quarterback so, can't practice right now. Cause he's too small. He's getting banged up. 
and you can't block so, anyone. So the the New Orleans Saints beat two teams that are not in a rebuild, and that's what we're, that's the line we're sticking to. <laughs> how, how, yeah, how do you get amped up with the signing of Derek Carr? That's a weird one, right? Where the the Jets were in the position before Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, they were whining or they were they were um yeah whining and dining. Derek Carr brought him out to New York, said that you know we can make you into a future Hall of Famer, and then just waited and just like had no urgency to want to sign Derek Carr. And we're like, actually, you know, we're giving you lip service saying that we can make you into a Hall of Famer, but like we actually like really, 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 really want Aaron Rodgers. So like, how do you get hyped on a guy who? You know, was was out there for a while in free agency. Yeah, I had that work out for the Jets, but I think I, you know, it, it was like like the five stages of of grief or whatever it is, like going through denial, like anger, and then denial and acceptance, and and I, and I did get to the point where there was a bit of acceptance. I think the issue is always the same when we're talking about the quarterback position, where it's like. How do you win a Super Bowl, man? Like, you yeah. gotta have the guy. And Derek Carr's been in the league for over 10 years now, and he has played in, on, in bad situations. There's no doubt. But at some point, are you doing enough to elevate, um, the other people around you at that position? And I don't know if he did. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, well, what is the point of this? Like, we're just going to end up. In these weird positions, I think they're, 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 they're lucky to a certain degree that the NFC South is so bad. Um, I say that and there's three, two and O teams in the NFC South right now, but you know, going into the season, we, we thought we, we, and it still could play out like that, but you know, the, the Bucks, the Falcons and the, and the Panthers were supposed to be bad football teams. So it's like you can get away with maybe getting a home game in the playoffs. Can Derek Carr win you three games in the playoffs? four games in the playoffs, whatever it may be. Like uh, that to me is difficult to imagine. But again, I got to the point of acceptance and you're like, you're like, oh, well, he's not going to have to play from behind like he did for 10 years uh, as an Oakland and Las Las Vegas Raider. Oh, this is the best receiving core he's had uh, ever. Um, You know, obviously the best receiver he had was last year with Adams, but as a core, for sure, I think the Saints, the Saints team is better. And then you're like, okay, well, he's played with bad offensive linemen for, for at least the back half of his Raider tenure. And the Saints certainly don't have a good offensive line. So he's used to that. Right. So it's like, all right, I, I guess I can convince myself that with, with in the context of all that, that maybe this is a guy that could lead the Saints. I want to talk about injuries real quick. Um, before we really start getting to some some of the nitty gritty, um, for Green Bay, obviously you know the big question marks are the offensive skill players. Um, Christian Watson and Aaron Jones both have hamstring injuries. Um, Jones did practice today. We're recording this on a Thursday. Watson practiced yesterday. Did not practice today. Um, seems like both of them are probably going to be listed as questionable, and we're probably not going to know if they're going to play until you know, super late Saturday night whenever Adam Schefter sends out that tweet about, you know, these guys playing or not. Um, David Bakhtiari has been dealing with the knee, obviously, um, for three years now. Um, my, my hero, David Bakhtiari. <laughs> <laughs> they, these, these guys have to, you know, Seth's in a group chat with me and a bunch of other writers, and he has to deal with me complaining about Bakhtiari not being healthy every week. Um, we'll see if he plays. I don't know. Ellen Jenkins is going to be out the left guard. Um, I would assume Royce Newman is going to start in place for him. Their only other option really is Sean Ryan, who's played one special team snap his entire career, or moving, um, you know, Zach Tom from right tackle, uh, which would leave them real thin at the tackle position. Would have you know Rashid Walker and Yash Nyman playing the bookends if David Bakhtiari can't play. Um, Lucas Van Ness is the only guy on defense who's really injured. Um, he has an elbow. Uh, he's been practicing. Uh, he got into the game. You know, after his injury, he's going to be fine. The Saints stuff, one, um, suspension, right? So we, we're dealing yeah. with two suspensions that are key here. Uh, Marcus May, the safety, he got suspended this week. Um, he played the first two weeks of the season. I don't understand how you allow that to happen because it's a substance abuse policy issue from like a DUI, right? If I read it correctly. I, didn't, I have no idea. Yeah, so I don't know why you play the first two games and then get suspended after that. Um, the other big one, Alvin Kamara, 
the running back, right? Obviously, he's suspended for all the stuff that happened in Vegas a couple years ago when you know there was the Pro Bowl and all that. Um, what kind of throws a wrench into the situation injury-wise for the Saints is that Jamal Williams is now ha- has a hamstring injury, former Packers running back. So now you're down two running backs. Um, you're looking at Kendra Miller, right, the third-round rookie, who missed the first two games of the season with his own hamstring injury. Hamstrings are killing everyone right now. Um, so like the, the leading carrier into this game was probably Tony Jones Jr., who I believe was called up from the practice squad. Um, so who knows if it's going to be Miller or Jones, who's going to be the main bell cow, uh, for New Orleans this week, but we're certainly not seeing Bijan Robinson, which is a, a good sign for the Packers defense. Yeah. And, and like the running back situation. And it's funny because I, I went to watch the, Bears Packers game and you know Aaron Jones at least plays most of that game before getting injured if I'm not mistaken and watching Aaron Jones after seeing the Saints without Alvin Kamara for two weeks I'm just like oh oh my god I can't wait for Kamara to get back because (laughs) dude these these running backs and Jamal Williams I think we know is not a not a every down back and that's yeah, not how he's been. He run was, him inside power ISO. He could do a little bit of pass catching, but he's not doing yeah, anything. Right. Crazy. So he's had to be the bell cow. And then I think that's him. And then Tony Jones Jr. is just, he's a practice roster running back. Like there's not much you, you get out of him. So that's been, and then with the offensive line problems, it's like you need someone who can add some juice when, when the things in front of them aren't great. And, and that's Alvin Kamara. Who, of course, you know, everyone said, "Oh, this is—he looks—he's in the best shape of his life." And blah blah blah. Everyone said that. You know, that thing you hear every off season. But I, I, I drank the Kool Aid, so I was ready. I was ready to see Kamara, and uh, I think he has one more week, so he'll be back next week for the Saints. But it's it's a huge. I think it's a big big deal not having this guy right now. So let's get into it. Uh, breaking down the Saints offense. Um, it's funny you bring this up because. Yeah, with the offensive line thing, right? Because Green Bay Packers fans are saying we have like eight first round picks or whatever on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it must be the defensive coordinator uh, who's failing us and not these players, right? Um, which to a certain extent is correct. Like, I, I don't, again, I don't want to be the Joe Barry apologist. Um, I just seem to be the only person who wants to hold the players accountable also. Um, the, the Saints are kind of in the same position. But with their offensive line, right? If you look at the investment that they put there, right? Trevor Penning is their left tackle, first round pick. Left guard is Andrews Pete, first round pick in 2015. They've given him multiple contracts. Eric McCoy, second round pick in 2019 as the center. Cesar Ruiz, 2020 first round pick. Ryan Ramscheck, who's by far their best offensive lineman, right? Um, another first round pick in 2017. The lowest draft and, pick. And what do you do when you put them all together? You get fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the, that's the thing, right? Um, I, I have been of the opinion that Pete, and I think we talked about this even the last time the Packers and Saints played. Pete is extremely overrated. Um, I never understood paying him that much money. You're so that's this. You've known me for a long time. And what's about to come in my mouth may surprise you. So, Right now, the, the same starting the five. Yeah. Right now, the same starting five is the four you mentioned, but actually at left guard, it's James Hurst, who over has Pete. gotten to see this over Andrews Pete. And let me tell you, I, this, these players are so bad right now that I am dying to see Andrews Pete play guard for the New Orleans Saints. Like, this is a guy who, like you said, I mean, first round pick got all those contracts, but has just never been an above average player. Um, and, and just honestly a below average player for his whole career at this point. And I want him back. That's how bad the state of affairs is in the New Orleans States is that I want to see Andrews beat on the field because this has been a horrific experience. Ramchick, great. No problem. Right tackle. No problem. Yeah. Penning, like you said, they took him. Uh, didn't play last year. Man, Penning uh, you know, is going to be a massive project. We we were both on the same page with him coming out of North Dakota State or whatever FCA he, school it was. I think he was South Dakota State. Or Southern Northern Dakota Iowa. State. Northern Iowa is what it was. That's it. 
we were both on the same page. I mean, like the film was, was just not good. Like even for FCS level, you're like, it's okay, but it's like this whatever. guy's anyway. very strong, but I don't think he's good at football. And he, yeah, exactly. Right. But, yeah. So there was always a massive project. And then th- this is kind of like the issue that the saints have right now, which is like, he was always going to be a massive project and okay. That's an important position tackle. And then on the other side at guard, at, at right guard is Cesar Ruiz, who, they, who again, they just paid a lot of money to for some reason. But he was this guy who, again, was a big project because all guards and centers generally are projects when they get, you know, we have stats to back this up. We have studies that have been shown that like guards really only come to come into their own the fourth and fifth year. They take, they take Ruiz when Breeze is still the quarterback and when they needed real good protection for a 40 year old quarterback who didn't have the arm anymore. They couldn't do it. Breeze gets injured. Regardless that it happened to be on a Caesar Ruiz pressure allowed, but but the whole season it was bad, and then and then he just hasn't developed. So like you're and like yeah, look at the end of the day, like the draft is a bit of a crapshoot, but like it just felt like at that time with Ruiz they needed to go veteran guard, and then and then personally I just think Penning was was not not the pick. At, at what 21 or 22, whatever it was in the first round. So it's been bad. McCoy is up and down. He's probably an above average center for sure. Solid player, but Hurst at, at left guard has been abysmal. Penning at left tackle has been abysmal. And Cesar Ruiz at right guard has been abysmal. So it ain't good. Here's a point I want to make. Andres Pete, um, he's on the last year of his contract, but the Saints have pushed forward so many of his cap hits. Um, with the void years and stuff, you know, Packers fans are familiar with that. No one's pushed more money into the future than the Packers, than the Saints. I mean, this is the credit card pool. We're we're both firmly in debt, right? Um, Pete is making about ten million dollars in cash this year, and next year when he's not under contract, he has a dead cap of about fourteen million dollars. So you're paying him ten million dollars this year with a cap hit of nine million dollars. And then next year, you're still paying off $14 million of cap debt that you've already paid him. And he's not even starting. Goodness gracious. You're muted. You're muted. Can you hear me? Sorry. I, the thing I don't understand is like, they, they <laughs> I'm getting heated right now. They loved this guy for so long, right? This was a guy who like, by all film and metrics, Said that was not was a way below average player uh, at guard, and and now you have another, you're playing James Hurst, who by all accounts and metrics is a below, even maybe even worse guard. He he played good at tackle last year. There there were some good times there at tackle for Hurst, but like so it's like why why not go? But like you love her, you love Pete, you love Pete. You've been loving Pete since since 2015, and now for some reason you want to put an even worse guard. <laughs> it makes no sense. As far as the skill position guys go, we already talked about the running backs and stuff like that. How how involved is Taysom Hill involved in the run game right now um, with the whole running back situation playing out? Yeah, I think that's gonna, so he never he hasn't taken snaps like at running back. I think that that is a possibility mm-hmm. this week, um, but he has done kind of his regular um, plays there at at quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't thrown the ball with him yet. So maybe expect that this weekend because they've been, you know, they're setting it up, setting it up, setting it up, setting it up and and getting in those situations. They ran for the first time that I've seen it. I don't know to get too nerdy here, but I think you'll like this. They're in midline read with Taysom Hill. Instead of reading the end, they read the three tech. It's like um, a which was true cool. triple option stuff, right? Like all the, uh, under center flex bone teams. Like you think of like a Georgia tech and, you know, army and Navy and all those teams that that's what they do instead of running, you know, inside zone or something like that. They just leave a tackle unblocked and make that a bang, bang hit. And you, you don't really see midline in the NFL at all. Not in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I don't, do I don't know. PFF, yeah. a gun. No, I had a gun. They had a gun. So it was like an inside zone look. And then they, they just, they left Derek Brown unblocked. A few times, yeah, so just I mean, an interesting little wrinkle. Do that with Kenny Clark because Kenny Clark has been having a really good season so far. I don't know how you guys have him graded at PFF, but on film he's been looking pretty good. Um, 
yeah so yeah so so the Taysom Hill thing that that could that could be something uh like I said with Tony Jones and 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 uh Kendra Miller Kendra Miller I don't know what they're getting I didn't really like Miller in preseason um but again it's like his first ever snaps in the NFL so like he has room to grow but like it's not a great situation at running back right now the tight end room is so weird um what what a mix of bodies so you have Jawan Johnson who is functionally a wide receiver um you know he's 230 pounds uh Oregon product by the way Sco Ducks let's beat uh Deion Sanders this week um you also have former Packer Jimmy Graham which I can't believe still cannot believe that is a real thing that Jimmy Graham came out of retirement and he made this the Saints team and also Foster Moreau who's currently dealing with the injury right now and you know no, he's back he came back this week he came back this week I saw him on the yeah. injury report okay I think I think he was non-participant and got moved to limited today. So, um, well, so he his thing was like he had like uh, uh, I'm going to get this wrong either leukemia or lymphoma, yes. like a big deal. It was a very very big deal, and he missed most of the off season and and the, he was healed and uh, he's back. And he made a catch against the Carolina ankle injury. Oh, okay, so you got that after? I thought you were still talking about the the no. cancer. No, how dare you! You think I don't know that storyline? How dare you? Um, you don't. You don't pay attention to former LSU players like I do. So former <laughs> national champion LSU. That players. is fair. I'm not. I'm... Actually, he didn't win a national championship. Goodness gracious! All right, this tight end room. What the hell are we getting out of these boys? Look, Juwan Johnson, very underrated player, really good player. Like you said, more the the, the receiving option. Jimmy Graham. I don't have the snaps in front of me, but as I'm vamping here, I'll pull them up. But I, I don't think. I mean, uh, how many snaps do you think Jimmy Graham is getting in, in, in the like year of 10, our Lord 2023? Like exactly. 10? But he can't, he can't block. He can't, can't play special teams. No. Nope. What, what the hell are we doing? You know, maybe, maybe they just felt three? better. I don't know, man. Uh, he has 19 snaps this whole season. Goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah so so not very good. Again. Yeah. And. That's the problem. Fosamoro's a really solid player in a position that I think they, they've always leaned on, which is that kind of blocking tight end. And I don't think they've had a guy, you know, the one that for years was there was a guy named Josh Hill, who yeah. was really just a blocker, almost a six offensive lineman, could go out once in a while for a pass. But I think Morrow gives you a little more in the receiving areas and i so that's someone like i said who that this offense you know through the years has always relied on because of the way they want to run the football and honestly the way that now every team is trying to run the football with with, with you know you can't just can't be you can't have that little tight end on the field and Juwan Jocks is not a bad blocker but you said he's more of a receiving threat like you just can't have but you can't like Jimmy have Graham just can't play an 11 personnel by himself right it just can't yeah you can't have Rashawn Gary out there on him like that's that's the problem we're running into now. Yeah. So so I think I think Foster is uh, an interesting um, player for them, and then obviously Taysom Hill, who I think, you know, obviously just like not a good quarterback, but truly truly one of the better Swiss Army knife type of players in the league. So yeah, weird skill set, super weird skill set. You don't know what the heck he's gonna do. Um, wide receiver and special teams. Yeah, true, true. Um, Basaccia brought that up uh, earlier this week. Um, wide receiver Chris Olave, you stole him from me. I wanted him so bad, and he's exactly what I thought he was gonna be, and that makes me even more mad. Seems like Michael Thomas is like not back, but like at least a, a functional part of the offense now. Functional is an, is a key word here because I'm not <laughs> sure if it's a functional part of the offense, but they they fed him, they fed him against Carolina, and it, you know. I'll give him some grace because I love Michael Thomas, but like it, it wasn't, it's not been good, right? A lot of targets, not a lot of separation. A lot of, the, you know, the hands are there. He made some, he's made some really, really nice catches. Um, and he made a nice back shoulder one, but I mean, CJ Henderson wasn't like stressed playing against Michael Thomas, even though he had a bunch of catches. So that might maybe tells you a little bit about 
what was going on, but they fed him the ball and, and maybe that was because they felt like they had a good matchup against CJ Henderson, uh, because JC Horn was out, um, last week for the, for the Panthers, but tough, tough, tough right now for him to like get separation. He's maybe lost half a step. And I don't think Michael Thomas is ever like the fastest guy, but no. he needed just enough to pair with his violentness. And he doesn't really have that right now. And, and it's, um, and he's number three, right? At the end of the day, he's wide receiver three right now on this team. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if um, – because, you know, the Packers are playing a lot of uh, the quarter shell stuff, right? Like they're going to be playing a lot of off coverage. If Michael Thomas is the outside guy, I wonder, you know, the slam boy allegations, will they, will they come back, right? Will you just throw those things? Um, the guy who's been impressing me, right, Rashid Shahid. Is am I am I saying his name right? Number twenty two. Uh, Rashid Shahid better than Tyreek Hill. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> talk talk about him because I I I watched the Panthers game and I'm like, who's this twenty two who's catching balls downfield? Like he's not as good as Tyreek Hill. I'm not, I obviously wouldn't say that, but the the skill set is is eerily similar, um, just in a bigger body and. Tyreek Hill to me right now is probably the best receiver in the league. So again, I, I don't want to say that Rashid Tahid is is better than him, but the skill set is very similar with the with the incredible speed. The you know I don't know he is the, he is the the returner as well. Um, so like Tyreek Hill, I believe started his career. I mean definitely in college, but I don't remember if he did it for the Chiefs. I think he might have for the Chiefs at the beginning. So and he's like a you know Tyreek Hill goes underrated. I, I stopped comparing him to Tyreek Hill, but, um, but just to say that Tyreek Hill goes underrated as a route runner, I think. Yes. And Rashid Shahid, even though he is the speed guy down the field, and that's what they got him for. And the first time I really remember him was he, he caught a post for a touchdown against the Cardinals on Thursday night football last year. But when you go and dig into the tape, like he's a real route runner. He is a really, really smooth in and out of his breaks, quick route runner. And I think the sky is the limit for this guy great hands catcher whether it's early hands or late hands he's a great hands catcher um so just he really is a complete player i'm so glad the saints found him uh last season because he's a he's a game changer he's he's that good in my opinion that's where i'm worried about this team right because if you look at the packers defense i mean really they tried to go heavy against atlanta and they still got carved up right because at the end of the day your safeties can't make tackles, right? You're you're going to be in some trouble in the run game. It doesn't matter how many big bodies you put up front. If Darnell Savage is on the ground, if Rudy Ford is on the ground, if Kingsley Anagbare and uh, Kobe Wooden, Wooden, I called him Woolen, and people were very mad about that. Kobe Wooden um, are on the ground. You know, you're going to be in some trouble. New Orleans this week, bad offensive line. A couple tight ends that can't block, practice squad running back, or a rookie making his first first game, you know, in the regular season. The run game doesn't worry me here, right? This is the week that you go light in the box and make them prove it and say, okay, run the ball. We're gonna have a light box. Like Kenny Clark is gonna destroy a couple of you guys. Um, what you don't want is for them to beat you when you're worried about the speed and route running of Shahid and Olave. And then Thomas being the third option who can just eat you alive on underneath stuff, right? I mean, that that's that's what worries me the most about this game, matchup-wise. Yeah, and I think the issue for the Saints right now is they're in this really bad situation. And, and honestly, I, I say this, but the, the counterpoint to my own thought, which I'll get to, is just like they might have just decided this is how they're going to play football this year. But when you look at it, you're like, they're, they can't pass protect. Like they, they cannot pass protect at all. And so they're like, well, you know, we'll run the football. Like we'll just put players on the field who can, who we think can, we can get some run game out of. And, and like that doesn't really work either because the offensive line is so bad and there's no running back. So it's like you're in this weird situation where it's like, yeah, I, I agree. I would stay in the, in the two high shells as much as possible and, and force them to run the ball at you. They're going to try. I guarantee the Saints will try. Yes, like that's yes. what they've been doing for 15 years. It worked, you know, from 2006 to uh, to 2020, basically 2021. Basically, it's not working anymore. You know, the Saints were so good at for years at not getting negatives, 
on the ground. Uh, very, a unit that was coached well, running backs that were coached well, and, and good players. And now they're going backwards way too much. And they're off schedule, and then the offensive line can't, can't pass protect in deeper dropback situations. And it's just it's an all-around mess right now. So 100%, I'm rushing four. Obviously, with a guy like you, Kenny Clark, like you said, having a good season, very high PFF pass rush grade this year. Rashawn Gary, top ten player at the position in the league, so I, I would rush those four and then and then uh, let the chips fall as they as they may. Yeah, and what's interesting about Green Bay too is they seem to have two different nickel lineups, right? Which they kind of makes sense. So like Kenny Clark will play the three with Slayton playing the nose in nickel if they want to stop the run, right? And if they want to pass, or, or if they want to stop the pass and get some, you know, pass rush, Kenny Clark ends up playing the nose, and then Devontae Wyatt is playing the three-tech. Um, and I think that works out pretty well. Um, Preston Smith is going to start at outside linebacker. Um, who knows if Rashawn Gary is still going to be on a pitch count? I bet he probably is because he's still on the injury report, and they just don't seem to want to rush him. So he's probably only going to play, you know, third and fourth downs. Um one guy who killed Green Bay last week, and I, I mentioned this already, Enigbar at number 55, um, just could not match up with that Atlanta front um, in terms of strength in the run game. And there were a couple times he missed tackles and stuff like that. I wonder if this is the week where we finally start seeing Lucas Van Ness take a good amount of uh, reps. The, the The problem is he's dealing with the elbow injury too. So like he's kind of the guy who can still give you that pass rush juice and is a bigger body. Um, Enig Barra is more of like a pure pass rusher type of guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that rotation works out. And then in the back end, I mean, it should be the same starters that have started, you know, the first two games of the season outside of maybe, I mean, maybe they got mad enough about safety that they start shaking some stuff up, but that's not something that they brought up in press conferences or anything. Are yeah, they I mean, still doing? Are they still doing the um, the penny front stuff? Not as much, not as much. Think, they have a lot more. I, I think, um, yeah. They have a lot more uh, pressure packages. I think the penny front stuff is very stupid. I think everyone's coming off the penny front stuff. To be yeah. honest, I think everyone's figured out. You're just like so the penny front for those who are uninitiated. We talk about this a, a good amount in the past what two seasons now. The penny front is like, think of the 3-4 defense, and all the, the five guys on the line of scrimmage stay. But instead of, usually a nickel, right? You take off an interior defensive lineman, and you put in an extra defensive back. Instead, the penny front, you take out an inside linebacker. So you still have that same front of the 3-4, but you only have one backer. The problem is that backer has to cover a whole lot of grass. And if you're giving that presentation, there's a lot of slants, there's a lot of RPOs, just things in general um that can that can cause it problems and I think the Packers being a step ahead on the penny front stuff is one reason why Campbell probably had that first team all pro year that he had, you know, his first year as a starter in Green Bay. Um and it's probably one of the reasons why he hasn't looked as good now is because, you know, what he was thriving doing teams now have a whole lot of answers for. And even in the run game, right? The, you you run it to jam up the interior so that teams can't run like inside zone and stuff like that. Well, teams now are just like, oh, we'll just run counter. We'll just pull guys and get to the edge. And yeah, yeah that's giving them a problem. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just trickling up for college football anyway. Um, let's get to the Saints defense. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This defense, I, I saw it called historical in terms of their yeah, efficiency. And, do you have, yeah, do you have a problem with and that? It's, <laughs> and it's, we're week two. We're Thursday of week, or Thursday of week three. That That's and. T- talk about this defense. So the the stat that that came out this week was that they haven't allowed a they haven't allowed an offense to score twenty points in like since like somewhere in the middle of last season, and it's like one of the longest streaks in NFL history. And I just keep waiting and thinking that this offense is going to uh, this defense is going to unravel at some point, but they keep finding just enough young guys, the older guys still are playing at a high level. Eventually, I just like, okay, well, they're going to get old. They won't be able to replace the guys. And and then you have guys like Alante Taylor coming in, Pete Warner coming in. And it's like, oh, my God, like there's those are all-star players. So it just keeps getting better. And like DeMario Davis is like the best, you know, top five linebacker in the league. Pete Warner is a top uh, – um, sorry, uh, Cameron Jordan, not the same player though he's had two good games to start the season. So like cautiously optimistic that, that he could, that he's, you know, even in his thirties, he he can still get the job done. Tyron Matthew is is good. You know what I mean? Like he's been around now. Um, My my favorite, my second favorite LSU player of all time. Like, uh, so it's exciting to watch him and like, it's, it's a good defense. The issue was the defensive line and you lose Marcus Davenport, please, no comments. Justice, no comments. <laughs> and you lose Marcus Davenport. They lost Peyton Turner, who played like four snaps, and then he's been out since, right? Four snaps in the Titans game, been out since. So I don't, I don't know what, what his deal is. And you're like, and they lost some interior players, David Onyemata, to, to the Falcons in the offseason, and it's like, hey, well, what is this D-line going to be with an older Cam Jordan kind of leading the pack? And Carl Granderson, like, who? Carl Granderson is, like, the best defensive end in the league right now. So it's like, it's it's just everything's kind of come together. Kalen Saunders, who they picked up from the Chiefs, I believe, um, really interesting interior player, had a great game against the uh, the Panthers. Um, Nathan Shepard making plays again against the Panthers, a little bit of against the Titans. We're still waiting for first round pick Brian Brissy to didn't do he anything. Make, didn't but he get a sack? It was like a cleanup. Sack he did. Or something like he that. did. It was a clean. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a, a true sack or whatever. But um, so excited to see to see him get going because I mean you take a guy in the first round you expect really good things out of and that that was the position they need you know at the three tech. So, but it's been really good and like I said the, the two linebackers are incredible. Marshawn Lattimore apparently hasn't allowed a, a pass completion in two weeks against him. So it's, it's really, really good. Paulson Adebo. And, and like, you know, I, I said this uh, in our group chat today, but as every time Mickey Loomis wants to, um, I want to be like, Oh, Mickey, you're, you're done. It's over. You're cooked. Like you've been in this too long. You can't do it anymore with the salary cap stuff and whatever. And Derek Carr, like, what is that? Um, and letting some guys go, he just goes and finds late picks in the draft who are super, super, um, players like Alante Taylor, like Paulson Adebo, Chauncey Gardner Johnson before that. Um, you know, so it's interesting that they just keep finding these guys and especially on defense and, and it's kept them alive for, it's been now since 2017, they've had a good defense. So there's so much to unpack there. And I, I agree with you. I mean, they they have a lot of talent. Um, I'm going to start with guys that I I think are really good football players. And then I'm going to go into guys that I'm unsure of and kind of want some questions from you. Um, Cameron Jordan, obviously. Like, he's – I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be firmly in, like, Hall of Very Good, going to be in the Saints Hall of Fame, all that stuff. 
Um, Carl Granderson, great start to the season. Um, Granderson is a guy who I always thought had the talent. I'm not sure what the off field was. The off field, uh, at least oh, what was alleged, not, yeah, was not There's good. Off-field. If I remember, yeah. um, he because yeah. I remember him playing at Wyoming. Um, he he probably would have been, you know, second third round pick if it wasn't for off field concerns and stuff like that. So he's he's very good. Those are going to be their two pass rushers. Demario Davis, I think, is. I know I say this a lot of like, this guy's underrated. Like Demario Davis might be like the most underrated player in the league. Like the way people yeah. talk about like Bobby Wagner signing with teams the past two seasons, like that guy can't play anymore. Demario Davis is the guy who like can still play at that age is playing at a very high level. And is like, yeah, I mean, to your point, like there's not a ton of great off ball linebackers in the NFL right now. And he's, been consistently one of them um that that's huge for them uh tyron matthew obviously can do just so much right um dropping down low playing safety all that stuff marshall Lattimore's is good alante taylor is a guy who the packers were interested in drafting last year they brought him in on a pre-draft visit um they weren't able to land him he's a second round pick uh last season for the saints he's had a phenomenal start to his nfl career looks every bit of the top 50 pick um, that the Saints drafted him to be. I've been really impressed whenever I watch the Saints about him. So he, you know, if you hear his name, don't be surprised. The guys I'm kind of not sure about is Pete Werner any good? Pete was an interesting guy because he had so much athleticism at Ohio State, um, but didn't necessarily have the physicality. He's amazing. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. He's so <laughs> good. He, he, he is so good. And like almost right off the bat, and they they for years they were looking for a guy to play next to Demario. And uh, Demario you know, doesn't Quana. necessarily have like the best legs. Like that's not his trait necessarily. It, yeah, like, he's not he's, bad, he's, but he's not. No, no, like, he super athlete. Like, look, no one's Fred Warner, but like he's not. He's not. Um, he's not bad or anything. But they're like so they finally found this guy, Pete Warner, and no one knew who he was and. He's been amazing. Like, I, if, if DeMario Davis is an all-star, perennial all-star, I think Pete Warner is a perennial, like, Pro Bowl-level player. Like, he is – he's really that good. Really, really smart player. Um, Like you said, the physicality was the issue. And you watch it on tape and, like, man, he's making plays, man. They they put him – they were running – speaking of Penny, um, they played nickel five down or nickel three four and moved – Pete Warner down to the end of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So like they're, they're clearly not concerned with the, with the, um, the physicality. And, and that's really been what, a, again, you know, going back to Mickey Loomis, like they, Mickey Loomis drafting record is like absolutely insane in a, in a way, it, you know, when you think about the draft as being this crapshoot and he's been kind of ahead of the curve, I don't know if it's luck, it's probably luck, but. Um, yeah, finding DeMar- finding P. Warner has been uh, a godsend for them. Who is going to end up replacing, um, what's his name, May at safety? Is this Howden? Howden? Howden, Jeremy Howden, something like that. Jordan Howden, who the Packers also brought in on a pre-draft visit. Packers fans should be familiar if they listen to us during uh, the draft stuff. Um, Howden was a guy who kind of thought to be a special teams guy if i remember correctly um had like a phenomenal pro day he wasn't a guy who was invited i believe to either uh or i guess like the combine um the senior bowl or the shrine game so any of the top uh opportunities to kind of showcase his talent he was a guy who kind of popped up late um because he had such a good pro day that's going to be interesting i wonder if they could take advantage of that i mean i guess Looking at the Saints' defense, I mean, there's not a lot of holes on it, frankly. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is the best defense the Packers have faced. Like, the Falcons' defense wasn't that great. I mean, A.J. Terrell is good. Grady Jarrett's good. Onyemata, who you brought up, um, who moved from the Saints there, was good. But, you know, they were able to run on the edge on, like, Clay Campbell at 280 pounds at 5,000 years old or whatever he is. Like, they're not going to be able to necessarily do that against the Saints team. I guess the holes are... That safety spot, right? I mean, Jordan Jordan Howden, you know, jumping up. Yeah. And then the interior line. I mean, I know you said you, Shepard and Saunders have both played games, and you said that they're doing pretty solid. But, like, I don't know. Let's test them with this line. 
right? We're supposed to have one of the best lines in the NFL. I know they're, you know, they're banged up a little bit, but let's see it. Yeah, I no, I agree with that. I think, like I said, Saunders had a good game against Carolina. Wasn't that great against in week one against the Titans. So, like, who knows what type of player he is? Like you said, Shepard, Brzee, we're still waiting to see. So, yeah, I think you you test him, test him up the middle. I think that's the way to go. Um, Howden, I, I like. I, I'm not going to say anything because I just don't know. I, I didn't watch him at UNC, so I have no idea what type of player he is. But it is a big deal losing Marcus May. I mean, they do a lot of different things. You know, when when it was Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins as those two safeties, you kind of knew where – and look, I'd love to have Marcus Williams back. But you kind of knew where they were going to be. Marcus Williams is a deep safety. Malcolm Jenkins is coming up uh, in the box, right? And they, they've been able to, with May and Tyron Matthew, been able to do a little bit more versatility. Who's going to play deep? Who's going to come down? So, you know, usually it is May deep. Um, so that's where, Howden, that's where Howden will be most of the time. But they do have some versatility, which maybe you don't get that anymore with Howden. And again, I don't know what, what his play, what, what, what he's like, but I, I would assume that he'll just be deep in the post for, for most of the game, or they're going to just play quarters and cover two and stuff like that. Let's talk about this Packers offense real quick. Um, I do want to talk about special teams this week, which I know I'm going to get chastised for it. But, um, so obviously, you know, we mentioned already the injuries, all that stuff. Um, offensive line is a question mark. Skill positions are a question mark. One player who's looked really good to me, just based off the eye test, Dontavian Wicks, um, fifth-round rookie. Um, he's been able to separate a little bit. I don't know how much Packers offense you've been able to see um, so far, Seth. Uh, yeah, I watched the first two games. And, uh, well, good. you That's know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Two for two. And what so I, oh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm starting with love. You know, it's just like you could see a guy who I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out of Utah State. I don't remember what your thoughts were on him back then. I was much but at the end of the day, his sophomore season than his junior season. I right, I, that's what I remember exactly. And he, I mean, he looks like a guy who's now been in the league for three years or four years, whatever it is. Right, he's confident. He's so confident. It's crazy that some of the throws he's making, honestly, and I don't, I don't remember what he, his, um, aesthetic was in, at Utah State, but he moves around with the ball on his hip. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, it, like, I shouldn't say this, but it's, that's kind of a sign of confidence. That's a kind of a swagger there. You know, Marino used to do that. Favre used to do that. Um, and, and so I'm not, like, he doesn't like throw, he throws more like Favre than Marino. Um, but like, you know, there's something to like about him. And I know the PFF grades haven't been so well. I think he missed a couple of throws. And, and, like, you know, the touchdown passes were all, you know, a tap pass and, like, the play action to uh, – well, the two of them to read last week. Um, so – but I, he looks really, really good. He's throwing the ball in really interesting spots on the field, like trying stuff that, you know, the one where he, he, he zipped it by Terrell Edmonds, the, the one on fourth down where it doesn't look like, like there's a window last week on fourth down, which yeah. gets dropped, but it's really, really – Really, again, confident throw in a, in a tough spot, and then you know Lafleur, he's fucking, he's good, man. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. It's incredible, dude. He's and like you know you watch these teams, and I know like me and you are on the same page about a lot of stuff like this when it comes to play calling and how to run an offense. Even though we both have high school football coach brain, but <laughs> like, like just. Everything needs to have an answer. Like you don't need so much, yes. but everything needs to have some progression off of it. And you saw it um, on the double move that I think Love got hit as he threw and under threw Dobbs. Was Dobbs playing last week? Thirty-seven. Dobbs was playing last week. Yeah. You know they look. They make it again. Don't want to get too nerdy, but they made it look like the Yankee concept. Mm-hmm. And then he, instead of like running a the big, post, big cross and a post over it. Instead of running the post and like, you know, you run it off play action, you're showing the, the, the Falcons exactly what you want to show them. They've the practiced that play thinking, four times that week and they see it every week of the season, right? That's exactly. The- and then all of a sudden it's not a post anymore. It's, it's like a stutter and go and they, they couldn't get the ball to him, but like, what a sick play design. And he's just so good. He's been good at that for years. And 
Um, I think he does get it. And I will say, cause I, again, going back to like random tweets that I saw in the past couple of days, but someone said, Oh, like, were we not giving Matt LaFleur his due? Um, because he had Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, uh, no, I think anyone who knew what was going on knew how good. I think he finished uh, like Matt second LaFleur for is. coach of the year twice. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> this guy is like as good as a, as a play. He won, thir- he won and, 13 and games like three years in a row to start off his career. He's, he's a great play caller. Um, and it's crazy that he's able to do what he's done on the field. That's the thing that I just – I will never be able to see the game that fast. Oh, it's insane. It's, on the field. Like, that's another thing we have in common, though. Like, how do you, how you do that? I mean, Sean Payton was the same way, right? Like, I don't know how you do that on the field. It's 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 crazy. That, the, the, the other thing I'll say about the Packers offense, and it because sometimes it felt like I was watching it in 1.5 speed. With Musgrave on the field, obviously when Aaron Jones is healthy, Jaden Reed is speed. You don't even have Christian Watson out there. So it's like, it felt like this team is fast. Musgrave, what a pick. Oh my God. And what a player. Like, I'm so excited. Oh. I was, I've, I was banging the drum all summer. I'm like, you guys, don't oh, I know, understand. I know. And you were, you're a hundred percent right. This is like, a he's real playing player. Every man. snap, guys. He's playing every snap. They love him. He's going to be that guy. Um, and I think we hit everything on the offensive side I wanted to hit. The other thing I will say, one way that they've been able to get these wide receivers open, even though none of them, like Reed Wicks, Dobbs, like none of them are slow guys, but none of them are like guys who made headlines because of what they did at the combine or anything like that either. That full speed motion stuff that like Miami's uh, doing now too, like I just don't know how you stop it. I mean, you're basically getting into, you know, stacks and bunches you know, literally as the ball is getting snapped and then you have to sort out things. And, you know, those things generally defensively, if you're seeing guys, you know, put their hands up and, and, and talk in the corners and stuff like that. And the slots talking like they're getting into checks based off of certain alignments. And if you're getting into those alignments so late um, that you can't check, you just kind of have to play it out. So you're, you're taking away the defense's ability to, negate some of those things and they're doing that while also like basically getting like cfl arena football running starts you know at the snap for for some of these wide receivers and then they're running switch releases like it's old school run and shoot stuff like warren moon used to used to get in houston and i'm like all right matt i see you they they must have spent i don't i don't know if matt was holding back or he just spent a ton of time revamping the offense this off season, but something changed. Cause yeah, I mean, this offense is certainly taking a couple progressions forward from where it was last season. The thing about the motion stuff is like, well, first, first of all, it's illegal. It's It'll legal. never get they're called. Not going forward. It's yeah. They're not they going forward. Well, look, when, <laughs> when I watch Miami and stuff, like they're going forward a hundred percent, they're going forward. Okay. And it's like, but the, the, the NFL wants this, right? Like the NFL has no problem with all the points that are being scored off of these type of motions, it's the fast motions, right? So that that'll never get, it'll never get legislated out. But you talk about all the checks and stuff that a defense has to do. And you talk about how to being a CFL motion. It's like, well, and I know you or none of your listeners are going to care about this, but the CFL, you can't, you don't do checks anymore. Because there's no point. You just kind of line You just kind of, okay, they're going to get into bunch. Okay, they're going to get into stack. We're just going to play our zone, and that's it. And that's what's going to happen in the NFL, whether you're just not going to be able to do the type of stuff um, that you want to do and, like, press the point man and, and this stuff and that stuff, right? You're, so it's it's um, it's going to make playing defense really, really hard if they let this thing go. And like I said, they will let it go. And the Packers are top – in the league at this type of stuff, you know, they got a lot of, you just get, you know, as a receiver, the momentum that you can gain, even though you're going horizontally, the momentum that you've gained yeah. from putting your, like right on the snap, getting to put your foot in the ground and explode out of that um, into, you know, down the field is, uh, is cheating. The other thing people don't realize is how much that exhausts defensive backs crossing the field you know, getting into motion and stuff like that because they're having to move that in full speed too, right? So if you're trying to wear out their legs, corners aren't rotating out the same way the wide receivers are, right? Like you take a deep shot with a wide receiver, he's off the next play. 
corners has to get lined up and play the very next spot, right? Um, who is it? The Patriots in that AFC Championship game a few years ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars. All they did was run motion basically for the first two and a half quarters against Jalen Ramsey. And they're just like, we're going to wear out Jalen Ramsey's legs so that when we need it in the fourth quarter, he can't keep up with us. And that en- ended up being, you know, the difference of the game. And they weren't even putting real threats on Jalen Ramsey, right? Like they were just basically running interference decoys, stuff like that. Um, so I wonder how much that that could come in, you know, once they face a really good cornerback. Cause it didn't seem like they really had a plan for AJ Terrell. Um, Love was just thrown at him when he thought it was open and AJ Terrell said, Nope, not, not to me. So I wonder if they do something a little bit more different this week, you know, going against, uh, you know, Lattimore and, uh, Alante Taylor. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got, to, they got Terrell on the first play. Did he give up pass interference? I wasn't sure. He but gave, yeah, a, he gave him up pass yeah. interference DPI. Yep. Yeah. Pretty early in that game, but yeah. Like, and then, then he just makes such a great play on, uh, on the little hitch route. Yep. The hitch, and then he punched out the uh, the Wicks touchdown attempt. Um, special teams. This is going to be an interesting one because Darren Rizzi is the special teams coordinator that uh, Matt LaFleur actually wanted to sign originally. And the Packers basically balked at the idea of paying a special teams coordinator that much. Um, it took them until uh, they lost a playoff game because of special teams for them to take it seriously, and now they have Rich Passaccia. Rich Versace has a lot of ties to the Saints team. Um, you know, he mentioned, you know, you, you, he played against Rizzi, who, by the way, I think before Versace was the highest paid special teams coordinator in the league. Like, this is a very good special teams um, leadership unit. Um, he mentioned, you know, Jonathan Abram, the safety that the Packers had last year, two years ago, can't remember, um, you know, is on that team. Ty Summers is out there playing special teams for New Orleans. Um Zach Wood, the long snapper, spent time with uh, Rich Passaccia in Dallas. Going to be an interesting matchup. I think the Packers special teams have been doing pretty good. Um, other than they had the weird delay. I don't know if you saw it because you're probably watching Coach's Tape, but they had a weird delay of game situation um, in the first half against Atlanta where they just couldn't get the kickoff. Um, they ended up getting pushed back far enough that they had to punt. Looks like the Saints have two interesting names. Lou Headley? Oh, this is the Miami guy. Oh, my God. All right. The punter is the Miami punter who is 30 years old, even though he's a rookie. Um, Tatted everywhere. He's an Aussie. He was a big deal when he signed with the Hurricanes. Um, That's funny. I didn't realize it was that guy until I I opened the picture. He's an undrafted free agent. Um, the, The kicker is also an undrafted free agent. Blake Group from Notre Dame, uh, 24-year-old. Um, interesting lineup. I mean, it was super veteran, long snapper. Uh, uh, Shahid, who's, you know, a great return man. And then two undrafted rookie specialists in, in the punter and kicker. You've, you've taken the words right out of my mouth, Justice. <laughs> I couldn't have said anything more succinct about the same special teams than you just did. He, I don't think he's missed. The kicker hasn't missed yet, if I'm not mistaken. So that's something. Anders Carlson hasn't either yet. Um, you know, the Packers place kicker. He, he had a super shaky summer. Um, hasn't missed yet. And I've said it multiple times, like, as soon as I stop perceiving him, something's going to get weird. So I will just be constantly perceiving Anders Carlson. <laughs> um, we haven't seen really a big return. I guess Jaden Reed kind of had a big return week one. Um, it was like 30 yards or something like that on the punt. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Keyshawn Nixon. Um, Keyshawn, super aggressive returning punts. I mean, like jumping on the back line to make sure that he can return something like that type of aggressive. Wait, I wonder is, if, is, is he not returning anymore? He's the kick returner. He's the oh, kick, he's kick returner. Return, yeah. And Jaden Reed is the punt returner. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they tell Keyshawn to kind of tone it down a little bit against, you know, a, a well-coached special teams unit. Um, the Saints, by the way, what, they blocked a punt week one, if I'm remembering this right. Um, so they kind of, like, they get after it. So now's the time to to see how good those guys in, in punt protection are working. Um, those guys should be, you know, the inside linebackers 
and then uh, Lucas Van Ness, basically. So, you know, that front line will be Quay Walker, McDuffie, Wilson, Van Ness. If Van Ness can't go, maybe that's when you start worrying about that punt block or one of these linebackers go down, God forbid. Uh, maybe that's something to pay attention to. Let's get into predictions. Packers are two point. One favorites. sec. Oh, go ahead. If you took, if you like discounting all the, any coach on an NFL team, uh, sp- and not even specifically the special teams coaches, just like any coach that's on, that's in the building. Okay. Do you think you know more about the Packers special teams than any non coach knows about any team's special teams? Maybe. Because like, someone, is someone paying I, attention to dude, it? I can't tell you who the upbacks are for the Saints. I can tell you who the upbacks are for any team in the, the like that. So, pump protectors to you. Don Levitt. Pump protectors don't. Uh, I mean, I know, I know you you spent you you've done your work on special teams. I I know that. So, um, you're it's paying off right now. I guess I still feel like I don't know that much. I know a lot more. Know anything? I feel like I know a lot more about um college football, high school football um, rules on special teams and stuff like that and kind of the scheme than uh, the NFL just because there's such a big difference between those two. And I, I've coached special teams at the high school level before. Um, that's one of the hats I wore. By the way, in the booth, because I can't see a damn thing from the field. Um, let's get into predictions here. The Packers are two-point favorites at home. This is going to be their home opener. Who do you have in this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I... – I just think that the it's all going to unravel for the Saints at some point, and I don't. And I just don't. This is a great offense that they're going against, and I don't know if the Saints can score enough. I don't think the Saints can score twenty, man. And I, and, I, and I think the Packers' offense is good enough to score over twenty. Now, like I said, we're talking about a Saints defense that hasn't allowed twenty points in a long time, but it, it's hard for me to to think about the Saints just scoring points, man. They just can't get anything going anywhere because of that offensive line. I'll say uh, 24-17 Packers. I'm going to go Packers here, but I don't feel great about it. Um, I picked the Packers the last two weeks. I felt more confident last week, and they lost, right? Um, Saints defense is just so good. Easily the most talented defense that they've faced in a while. Um, Offensively, I just still worry about those wide receivers and I understand there's plenty of problems but I, I just worry about the wide receivers I mean if you get into a shootout scenario where they don't even have to run and they're not really even thinking run first I mean that's that's hell for the Packers right um so I'm taking Green Bay but I think this is going to be a good game um really excited to see how it plays out I think it's going to be a great test for Green Bay especially after the adjustments that they must have made after the first loss of the season I still believe you know every team any level of football, your biggest adjustment is going to come after that first loss of the season because you just got exposed. Now, how do you fight back, right? So I think we're going to find out a lot about what Green Bay is made out of. Um, If this ends up turning into a game where Jones isn't available and they just cannot run with A.J. Dillon and in the past game, they're getting beat up by, by this defense and defensively they can't stop the pass, right, because of all the off coverage or – they can only stop one or the other, right, in, in the pass or the run game um, with alignment. Like, I think that's going to say a lot about how this Packers season is going to go. Um, but if they can put points on this defense, I mean, you're going to be able to score 20-plus a game on everybody then. Because if you could do it against the Saints and you could do it against the Falcons who are sitting on the ball and, you know, running it 40 times, then you're going to be able to do it against anyone. I mean – I hope we're both wrong. I hope the Saints win, but uh, I kind of uh, maybe I'm just more bullish on the on the Packers. I just really like I like watching Jordan Love. Like I don't know if he's good yet. Um, I just love watching him, his play style, and everything. So I'm a big I feel fan. Feel like he's and, going uh, to be yeah. good, and it's clear that he's going to be good. But I'm with you. I don't know if he's good yet. I mean, there's still just a lot of just dumb stuff um, that happens. But he's also like trying a bunch of crazy stuff like i don't think well that's the thing he might he might manipulate safeties and linebackers more than anyone in the league already which is nuts nuts and he's not hitting on all these passes but he's trying like hell he's trying 
And, and he's been able to get out uh, of some pressure, you know, like uh, the opposite side is Derek Carr. Just you're pressuring him and he can't get out of pressure. It's a bit of a problem. And that's why the Saints just haven't been good on offense so far. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It scares me. The defensive line scares me with the Packers, but uh, we'll see. I, I do agree. I think this is a, this is a big game for both teams. So like in the direction of where this season could go for both of them. Yep. Plug all your stuff. I don't have any stuff to play. I'm done. <laughs> I'm retired. You're, you're retired off of PFF content? <laughs> I'm done. done. I have no content. I'm all behind the scenes now. Uh, but go to PFF.com. Uh, and there's obviously great stuff. Uh, I, I'm hope, uh, you know, great stuff on PFF.com. Used to be my stuff. Now it's no longer my stuff, but there's great stuff there on PFF.com. All right, guys. Tune into the site. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, we should have the injury, the final injury report of the week up later in the day. Um, again, that's going to be a big one. I don't think we're going to have too many surprises on the Saints side. Like Jamal Williams is probably going to be out um, with that hamstring. He hasn't practiced back-to-back days. But whatever the designations for Bakhtiari, Jones, Watson, you know, even Van Ness possibly for the Packers, I think will make an impact um, and give you a hint at what direction the team is going to end up taking on Sunday. So. Tune into that. Give us five star reviews, por favor. Um, thanks. Go back. Go. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until that presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case unexplainable. It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work.